0: Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Before we start, can we ask one thing? 74% of you that watch this channel frequently do not subscribe. If you've enjoyed our videos, please could you do me a favor and hit the subscribe button? It helps this channel more than you know, and the bigger the channel gets, the bigger the learning gets. Welcome to the Business Focus Podcast. Jonathan Herbs is the host of the Business Focus Podcast. He is a strategic advisor, coach and mentor to entrepreneurial business owners, CEOs and senior executives. In this podcast, he chats with entrepreneurs, founders and CEOs of scaling companies. It centers around their entrepreneurial journey so far and their aspirations for their companies.
1: Today, I'm speaking to Sam Markovich, who's the owner of the Boxing Academy in Bondi, is that right, Sam? Bondi Junction, Sydney. Great. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, and so listen, tell me, tell me a bit about what you do and how, you, how long you've been doing it and um, yeah, tell me the story. All
2: right, so I moved to Australia about seven years ago after, after being a, a, an officer in the Israeli Air Force. I was originally sponsored to Australia to teach Krav Maga to be the head for this um, Krav Maga organization that was already located here in Sydney and run by an uh, Israeli as well. After a few years in the in the business dispute with him, I parted on my own way and then ended up opening a business called X Fighting together with two partners, which was a predominantly Krav Maga gym. Our goal was to bring Krav Maga to the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Krav Maga is an Israeli self defense system. It's uh, in my eyes probably the most efficient tool for the everyday everyday Joe to kind of equip themselves with practical tools in quick manner and relatively uh, fitting for the modern day where the average person can train every day, all day to protect themselves about two three times a week. And after about two years of running and going through twice uh, two lockdowns with COVID, we saw that we're having uh, issues with attracting people into the uh, to the business, mostly because we were kind of a niche within an niche, you know, There's fitness and then martial arts and combat sports and in itself defense and niche, niche, niche. And we found it hard to convey our message and attract people to it. And the image that Krav Maga has to the people that know it is quite a violent one, an aggressive sport, despite that not being what we taught. And we saw that a lot of our students actually loved more the boxing component that we had in the gym. And we ourselves loved uh, doing boxing as well. I believe it's an amazing, amazing sport and fitness uh, tool. Uh, so we rebranded this year into the Boxing Academy, where we're focusing more on boxing as a fitness tool, as a way to lose weight. Um, uh, belong to a community get a bit stronger and also develop skills and uh, a mindset that's very important for us in the day to day and that's where we are now, we have uh, the Boxing Academy running uh, with two partners Tal and Jubril, and uh, we're
1: hopefully going to keep growing but uh, it's not always easy no, I, agree. Look, I, yeah, I think we, anybody watching this would want to understand that so tell me, who is your Customer? Who's your best best customer?
2: I think my best customer would be anyone aged twenty five to thirty five who's looking to uh, lose weight, get fit, and be in, and has inside him in this calling to be part of something, a community. Um, It's I I say that we are always, when I tell people, we are a boxing gym to the average Joe. We're not there for the person that wants to become a world champion. I don't think that my community and the people we have here are the ones that can fuel that in in people becoming world champions. We can't give you what you need, but we are here for those that want to have fun, learn a new skill, get better, belong, and at the same time, not necessarily get punched in the face too often and too much. And if they do, then in a fun and nice manner. Um, Yeah, so I think the biggest, the most important trait in a customer for me is the ability to commit, um, which I find is quite quite hard for a lot of uh, locals in in Sydney. In some way, I, I sometimes laugh that Australians don't like to commit. Um, I, I come from a culture where because we do the army as a mandatory service in Israel, we all understand the value of commitment. So when someone tells you, you want a skill, you have to invest here into learning it, fair enough. Here, people are very like, I just want to try, very afraid of like putting themselves into the
1: water. Okay. That's an interesting insight. And, you know, it's interesting you talk about not being wanting to get punched in the face. One of the things I, um, I talk about to my clients that. That's great for, you know, and we need to do the strategic planning. But, you know, and I suppose a bit of my, my military background many years ago, but, you know, as you know, a plan is only as good until you get smacked in the face, as Joe, Joe, as Joe Tyson would say. Yeah, Tyson's famous saying. Yeah. So, listen, you're, um, I mean, you've been through a particularly rough time during COVID. I mean, your gym's got closed down um, multiple times. Um, you know, we, my train and I end up in parks for multiple months at a time. Um, what actions did you take during COVID that have kept, that have stayed with the business um, going forward?
2: So we did our best to transition online. That is, we ran online classes, but to tell you the truth, um, Despite me learning a lot about the value of online and how much a person can actually grow and learn fighting online, which eventually led to where I'm at now, I'm actually developing this new personal brand of coaching that works on, um, let's say, mindset coaching and boxing together online, Um, because I saw the efficacy of doing it. But for the business... It it definitely didn't work that well. I think part of the reason that our clients came to us is for the community, for that sense of stepping into some boxing gym, into a, a different space and environment, and that died with the transition to online. Um, and we weren't able to pivot enough into the correct market in the short time that we had we had two three months at the time so our business kind of i i laugh about it i say died with each lockdown we completely died we lost um, maybe 80 to 90 percent of our clients each time and then as we started growing and recovering we got hit again so I wouldn't call ourselves a business that successfully pivoted online. We just survived
1: in how I would define it. You know, Survival is, is not a bad thing, given what you've been through. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so what does the future look like now? And what do you see as the main challenges you have? Um, something that's important. What happens
2: in this new modern age, the post-COVID age for us, is we emerge into a very hard world for the fitness industry and for brick-and-mortar businesses. I feel that through the lockdown, many people first started training alone at home, second found training partners for outdoor training and third even lost the passion for training and even those that have now probably have a little bit less finances are more aware of their expenditure and again are more afraid of commitment at the same time for some reason I can't understand the amount of brick and mortar gyms that opened up and are competing in my environment have almost doubled in the past year and a half uh, so I, I I don't understand why because the market is so tough but more competition and at the same time less clients is what we find and more resistances from the clients. so we are now dealing with um, with uh, an interesting time for the business that we're trying to crack how how do we keep doing what we do, which is empower people, give them, give them a life-changing experience around their health and fitness and, and a positive environment? Because uh, it's quite hard for us. We have a major issue around intake of new clients, and it's, it's, um, it's hitting everyone around us, we feel.
1: And, yeah, it's a, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a really interesting dilemma for um, you know, bricks and mortar businesses everywhere, but... Um, uh, and you know how do you um, uh, expand? You know, when you're in one location, how do you expand and 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 reach a, broad, a broader network? The course you are putting together could very well be it. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I think thing is more for the for individuals. My goal is to work one on one more with people, and um, yes. in some ways, it's separate from the boxing academy and it's just yeah. some own little brand that I'm trying to do because I want to have more impact on singular people's lives yep. and, but yeah in some way maybe that's what the gym itself needs to do, move into a more let's say boutique uh, direction of working with smaller groups, have more value given at the higher ticket price instead of trying to, uh, to basically reach as many people
1: as we can you know, It's interesting I, um, uh, the gentleman I um, interviewed not long ago, um, if you look up the, the interview, uh, Dean Dewhurst and his company is Golf Space, you know, as in golf playing golf, Golf yeah. Space. Go you and know, have a look at Golf Space and see what they're doing. They've got some really interesting ideas on a membership model um, and bringing groups together, uh, together both, um, you know, groups of friends and group, and, and corporate groups together. For, mm. for a golf experience indoor so there's, mm. some, there's some lessons he's doing that um, mm. could very well relate to your business golf space I'll write golf, it down golf space and his name is Dean Dewhurst and I interviewed him in about you know call it um, episode 20 mid uh, mid-20s somewhere you can find it on the YouTube channel um, mm. so listen tell you, what's your biggest learning um, uh, that you've had since becoming a business owner about, um, yeah, since she became a business.
2: Well, I think for me, the biggest learning is a little bit like you said, that reading and learning is beautiful, it's smart, but we can sometimes get so stuck in the, in the hope of learning more, uh, reading more, that we forget to do. I find that these days, uh, one of the biggest things I understood is life rewards action. Sometimes you got to abandon all these books, all of these readings and just start doing and I feel that's where the biggest lesson for me are, the biggest progression and, and biggest meaning that I find to my day to day. Because you know, as a business owner that has a business, that's a lot of it is around me as a head coach as well. There is a huge mental impact of the business not succeeding. Yeah. And there is a, there's anxiety and depression and sadness and pain in it. And the minute we start moving, a lot of that is elevated because at least we're moving somewhere. So I find that today more than you need to learn, it's you need to start doing. And and I think one of the biggest lessons I had from all of these learnings in is instead of trying to figure out how to how to make the business better, how to market, I need to understand how can I, how can I make the business better, how can I market, which are two different things I find. Yeah. Because, um,
1: we- modified for ourselves yeah it's interesting you say that and and it's an element you're to an element you're right but not totally um sorry um i would argue that it's um the question is who not i so mm-hmm. depending on what your aspirations for the business is um find the right who's to help you do it in other words if you try and do it all yourself you'll never actually achieve achieve your goal So the concept of who, not how, you know, put the right who's, and they don't need to be, I'm not talking about necessarily taking on full-time staff, Um, you know, know, coaches, consultants, mentors, virtual mentors, you know, people that you listen to. Uh, (coughs) I read a, um, talking about virtual mentors, one of my virtual mentors is a a guy called um, Simon Reynolds. Mm -hmm. Um, And Simon um, was a great, or is a great marketer. I actually went to school with him. Um, he put a blog out yesterday, um, which was fabulous. And it was, um, he was talking about one of the great entrepreneurs. Um, it, this thing was how a dead billionaire can improve your business. And he was talking about I'm going to get his name wrong, Mateschitz, who was um, the founder of Red Bull. Mm-hmm. And um, what Simon was saying in the blog was, um, you know, one of the really interesting things about, about this billionaire was he didn't invent Red Bull. He found it and then took the idea and ran with it. So Red Bull was mm. an energy drink out of Thailand, um, uh, the truck drivers use in, in Thailand, and Dieter mm. Fatt uh, discovered it. He reached out to the Thai businessman who owned the company um, and they, they created a, a, a version of Red Bull uh, of, that, um, of that product, and it was called um, Krathin Deng, um, which in English is Red Bull. Mm. So essentially he... he he went. He found an idea and took it and ran. And the, the, the point that um, you know, I talk a lot of it in, to my clients about a thing called R and D, rip off and duplicate. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll always give accreditation to where I get get ideas from, as I just did with with Simon. Um, but the point being, you don't have to come up with every idea yourself. People have done it. You know, like F forty five. Okay, it's probably not the business model, you know, the way they've grown and then crashed recently, um, you yeah, it, it would seem a lot to do with the money they paid, paid in, in celebrity endorsements. You yeah, you can learn from that. Um, mm-hmm. You can learn from other models, could be boutique models, that you can do some R&D on. So don't yeah. think you have to do it all yourself. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. I'm That's aware. I'm aware. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. So, when you think of the word successful, who's the first person that comes to mind and why? Well, I would say
2: my business partner, who is also the active investor of the business and part of the reason we are able to stay afloat. He is what I would define successful. He is, um, he is financially free. That is, he can do as he pleases. He has a lot of multiple businesses, so he's quite safe. That is, if one business goes down, he has multiple avenues of income. And he is, in my view, a master of his own time. That is, he has control over his own time, which I find uh, is what I would define as successful. Um, so he is a great image of, of that person. And at the same time, it, he is also a positive, successful person. That is, he is a person that invests time in others and puts a, a lot of his, um,
1: his success to help others. So, which is my view of success.
0: Yeah,
1: Very good definition. You need to make sure he listens to this video. <laughs> I'll do my best. Um, I mean, you know, freedom of time is one of the three great freedoms entrepreneurs really, I mean, that, to me, that's what, what I aspire to um, in my business being an entrepreneur is, is is freedom of time, freedom of time to make memories with, with my with my young children. It's an example. Yeah. Um, are you a reader? Do you have any business books, podcasts? Ladieship you, you might recommend.
2: I used to be a, of a reader, but again, I feel like these days I'm I'm more busy with consuming practical things. That is a little bit of videos and more podcasts on the way. And um, I don't think I have any business inspirational books. I've read a little bit of everything, but none that I can say, wow, that changed how I act. The biggest learnings I had around business were from the people I was working with. And um, one of them, again, is my business partner here, Tal, Tal Silberman. The other was um, Peter Kalithrakas, who runs a company named IBS International here. And he's a good friend. And it's a multi-million-dollar company as well. And he, one of the biggest lessons I learned from him, for example, was Cultivate a good team around you, as the success of the business is, like you said, the who, the people that are around. And he yep. said, invest in those people. You find a good person, you reward them, you invest them, and you help them grow. And so, for me, most of my learnings these days have come from people,
1: face to face, patients. And that was great advice. Um, so, to me, last question: um, any last piece of advice or parting words for aspiring entrepreneurs? Um,
2: I think before anyone steps into the world of entrepreneurship, they need to check themselves if they have the, let's say, emotional capacity to do it. It's not an easy journey and you need to be ready for it. That is, I stepped into it a little bit out of necessity because I had the whole business um, dispute with my ex-partner and I wasn't ready for it and I wasn't ready for the emotional turmoil that comes with it. Mm. So be ready, have set up um, pathways for you to deal with those things, have support, have have good friends around you. And those things are so important and no one talks about that for entrepreneurship. Everyone talks about the business part, but what about your life around it that supports it and, and feeds into it? And so I think make sure that you know what you're stepping into and then step into it with bravery and again, life rewards action. When you are in it, just move on. Keep moving. Don't get stagnant. Don't get stuck. Move, look, move, action. Those are the things that really um, keep my life very positive and fulfilling.
1: No, I absolutely agree with you. Thanks so much uh, for joining me on the Stories of Scania. Pleasure all mine. Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed our conversation there. And like all of the, the, these conversations I have, Always some snippets in there that you know um, are, f- are phenomenal learning. So I really appreciate it.
2: Thank you. I also steal a little bit uh, things. I go look at golf, golf space, and uh, yeah, and learn.
1: Yeah, exactly right. Thank you. Yeah.
0: If you are hearing this message, you've listened to the entire episode. And for that, we want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We hope you enjoyed this new episode. And if you did, please leave us a review on YouTube, Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you watch slash listen. Please share this episode with others who may be interested in this topic. If you want to be a guest on the podcast, please send an email to admin at scaleupgrowth.co. Put be a guest in the subject line and tell me a little about yourself. If you want to gauge where your business growth potential is and identify where the biggest opportunities in your business lie or where the key needs that you need to concentrate on right now are, take our assessment where you will receive personalized advice for improvement. It's quick and free. Go to scaleupgrowth.scoreapp.com. If you would like to work with me one-to-one, I love coaching and get the best outcomes that way send me an email to jonathan at scaleupgrowth.co and put one-to-one in the heading. Tell me a bit about your business and let's see how we can apply a great strategy for your business. So that's it for this week. Tune in next time for more great learnings from a scaling entrepreneur.